All right, as you know that at the beginning of every month, we introduce the topic for the month. I'm excited about this one because it's called Courage to Deal Wisely in the Affairs of Life. Courage to Deal Wisely in the Affairs of Life. And I'm using Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 as our main text. So if you can open that, Joshua 1 8, I'm going to read it in different translations, starting with the King James Version Bible. It reads as follows. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, which means don't stop talking it. Don't stop saying it. We were teaching that last week Sunday. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. Somebody say prosperous. prosperous. Say it again. Prosperous. And then thou shalt have good success. Somebody say good success. Good Look at the neighbor and say it's called good success. You know that word prosperity and the word success sometimes in our circles is so overused and even abused that I think I found myself shying away even from teaching a sermon like this or even using the word prosperous or prosperity, even success. But the truth is from reading that scripture, God wants to make us prosperous and successful. In fact, he says the prosperity and the success will come as a result of us doing certain things. As a result of us, as it says in that word, not allowing the word to depart out of our mouth. In other words, not allowing ourselves not to speak God's word, but to speak the word of God all the time. We need to meditate in God's word day and night and observe to do according to what is written in God's word. So obey God's word. For then, after you have done that, then you will make your way prosperous and have good success. You see? So God tell, is telling us that the success and the prosperity is determined by us doing certain things. I don't know about you, Bazalana, but I want to succeed. Amen. Amen. I've never met anybody who said my goal in life is to fail. I've never met them. No matter how old they are, which country they live in, everybody wants to succeed. Everybody wants to prosper. Except that God is telling us how to prosper the Bible way. Note, the way this verse is structured, it shows us that success and prosperity comes as a result of doing certain things. Let me read that verse to you in the complete Jewish Bible. It reads as follows. Yes, keep this book of the Torah on your lips. In other words, don't stop speaking it. And meditate on it day and night so that you will take care to act according to everything written in it. Then your undertakings will prosper and you will succeed. So God is saying, to use a word that you use in science, success is a byproduct of certain things. Success comes as a result of. See, 
the water that we drink, if you don't mind, I could call it a byproduct in a sense. Because water is composed of hydrogen and oxygen. Two parts hydrogen, one part oxygen. Now you know you can't drink oxygen, right? You can't drink hydrogen. In fact, consuming some of these products in that form might even be harmful to you. But if you take the hydrogen, two parts of it, and mix it with one part of oxygen, there will be a chemical reaction. And the byproduct of that is water. The water that we drink, the water that is good for our health. So water is the byproduct of a combination of hydrogen and oxygen comes as a result of. So God is saying, don't seek success. Huh? Don't chase after prosperity. All those become a byproduct of you doing certain things. Number one, don't stop speaking my word. God says. Number two, continue meditating on my word. Thirdly, act on what my word tells you. God says when you do that, the byproduct is that you will be prosperous and you will have good success. So God wants you to prosper. God wants you to have good success, but he doesn't want you to chase after it. He wants you to enjoy it when it comes and not apologize about it. Look at someone and say hallelujah to that. The Amplified Bible reads, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. Isn't that interesting? It says you will make your way prosperous. You will make your way prosperous. You didn't get it. You will make your way prosperous. In other words, your prosperity is in the control of your hand. Now, all things be equal. I'm, I'm, I'm wise enough to know that there are things that are systemic that could stand in our way of progress. Okay? I, I mean, I'm a South African. I grew under apartheid. I understand how laws can be there that will impoverish you, lead you to poverty. I'm understanding all that and I'm accepting that reality and that truth. But all things being equal, okay, if you were to apply this, I even will dare to say to you, even if there are obstacles in your way, you will succeed and you will prosper. It may take you longer than others, but get there, you will get there. Even if you go at the speed of a tortoise, but get there, you will get there. Can I hear an amen? This is what Jesus said in, in Matthew chapter 6 when he was talking to the people of his day. He was telling them not to chase after things. He was telling them, don't be so obsessed in chasing after things. He says, your heavenly father knows the things that you need even before you ask him. But then he says, but Luna, what you must do? Seek ye first. The word first suggests priority. The word first suggests order of importance. Seek ye first. 
The kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God speaks of the rule of God. God ruling my life. God being in charge of my life. Doing things God's way. Obeying what God says. Seek first the kingdom of God. Let God rule in my life. Let me not do what I want. Let me not run things my way. Let me not do it my way. Let me do it God's way. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The word righteousness speaks of rightness. In other words, look at the right way according to God's standard of doing things. You know, there's a right way according to the world. There's a right way according to God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then he says, and all these things, all these things, these cars, these houses, these businesses, these everything, Utu Aren shall be added. The word add suggests that there's something that was there before. Hmm. Shall be added. So what happens? When you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, you'll have a great relationship with God. There's nothing to equal that. Peace in your heart. The anointing upon your life. Can I hear an amen in the house? Living a holy life, putting God first, and on, and on top of the peace and the joy and the everything, on top of that, everything, and God adds it to you. But note that what you are seeking is the kingdom of God and His righteousness. We are not to seek after success. Now, it doesn't mean we mustn't work hard, it doesn't mean we mustn't be ambitious. But we shouldn't be so consumed that we will succeed at any cost even when we break the rules. But we will put God first. I tell people, Bazalana, that you know what, Bazalana? You should never apologize about putting God first. And I think among us as Christi- the Christian community, we need to be more radical about this. I think sometimes we are rather too nice and too negotiable about the- where God is placed in our lives. I know with other religions... When they go to worship, everything is a shutdown. Everything is a shutdown. And I've never understood when people want to have events on Sunday morning, our day of worship. And you support them. Yeah. There are, there are certain religions that are not going to come to your event on certain days. Yeah. Or at the hours when they are supposed to be worshipping. They are non-negotiable. That's how serious we should be. That's why it looks like a challenger. Now now that winter is here. You can't tell me how winter is more now. You don't go to church. Thank you for those cold amens. But it should be that we seek first. It's a priority. It should be that we put God first. When it comes to my money, God is first. My tithing is first. My giving is first. When it comes to my life, I want God to have the prime of my life. Serve God, Buchembahau. God deserves the prime of my life. God deserves the best of my gifts. God deserves the best of my talents. God deserves the best of your looks. The best of your strength. You see, some of you are not doing it. You are not saying amen. Look at your neighbor who is quiet and say, you see now. I think it's wrong, Bazalana, that in church, and unfortunately, some of us growing up, that's what we saw, generally speaking, and I'm not talking about my specific church necessarily, but generally speaking, that the practice in church was that you always give God 
di las lapi. Yeah. Even when you gave a gift to the church, if you gave a chair to the church, that chair was so squeaky, so such in such a bad condition that it's about to fall off. And that's what we'd give to church. Even when it comes to the offering, we would always look for change. In my day, where's those days you had tiki? Some of you young ones won't know what tiki is. Yeah? We wouldn't give God paper money. That goes to our issues, our things. Those days, even young people never used to serve God. The only people who were in ministry in church were old people. So it's almost like God deserves whatever is left of anything. Yeah. And that's why we're having a problem now. Because people don't put God first. See, put God first in your life. Put God's word first in your life. And God says, if you put me first, if you put me first, all these things will be added to you. God says you will prosper. You will have good success. I've never seen anybody who's ever put God first in their life, God never ever being faithful to his word. If they don't benefit in their lifetime, their children do or their children's children do. Even if it may not manifest the first, second generation, the third, fourth generation, things happen. And you find that the fourth generation, Ipon and Jena, succeeding, they think is their intelligence. They haven't realized God is somewhere there in the mix. I see that as your impartation in Jesus' name. Yeah. So he says, this book of the Lord shall not depart of your mouth. One translation says, and the, the Amplified says, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will deal wisely and have good success. So when you put God first, you will deal wisely. I want to talk about that for a while. You'll deal wisely and have good success. Another translation says, you may deal wisely in the affairs of life. So as we said, we are not to chase after success and prosperity. But success and prosperity, according to the scripture, are to be a byproduct of putting God first. Success and prosperity comes as a byproduct of putting God's word as first priority in our lives. That second part in the Septuagint translation. The Septuagint translation is the earliest Greek translation which is still in existence today. It's a translation of the Old Testament from the original Hebrew. So the Septuagint version was made for the Jewish community, we are told, which was in Egypt, when Greek was the common language throughout the region. So, you know, it's such a great translation. So in the Septuagint version, this is what it says, the last part of that verse, where it says you will, have, you will prosper and you'll have good success. It didn't just say that you'd have good success, but rather it goes on to say that you will become perceptive. So God says, if you, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you don't let my word depart out of your mouth, if you meditate in a day and night, if you make sure you do according to all that's written therein, you will be perceptive. And the word perceptive in Greek that's used there is spelled S-U-N-I-E-M-I, as you see on the screen there. S-U-N-I-E-M-I. And that word means the following, and I'm sorry, the research document that I had, Bazalana, Put these big words in. Okay, so I'm going to use big words, bombastic words, all right? We will explain what they mean. 
So that word S-U, N-I-E-M-I, it means, number one, to be sagacious. <laughs> and what it means to be sagacious, it means to be wise in a keen, practical way. So your wisdom involves practicality with it. Watch this, Barcelona. I've come to realize as I've gotten older that to make things work in life not only needs education, it needs something extra. <laughs> I, can, I can tell you clearly as a leader of a church that I've come to realize that to make a church work, much as I've been trained at Bible school, and I'm a firm advocate of theological training, we've got to be trained, but I found out it doesn't only depend on that. There's something extra. And that something extra is the ability to make things work, the wisdom to be able to make things work. Business people have found out that you may qualify and have a certificate that is not a foregone conclusion that things will work for you. Look at your neighbor who's quiet and say, hey, is he talking to you now? <laughs> it's almost like there needs to be an added thing. And that is why sometimes it becomes so difficult when you see people who didn't even qualify like you and me. Overtaking us. Swababa man. Swababa man. And this is what makes us appreciate our parents so. That regardless of the disadvantage they had in life, and them not even having gone to school, some of them, they've produced men and women like us. Oh, come on, give our parents a big hand. Oh, come on, give our parents a big hand. Our parents were sagacious. My late father, he, he was the only one who worked at home. Well, my mom did work. She also used to sew and supplement and so on. And there were five of us children. And it, they took care of the five of us. Hey. We never went to bed hungry. We were always well-dressed, not, not expensive, but fair. At least, at least they were nice. We always had, you know, always throughout my life, always Nerekraya Keri, Libisa. Huh? I'm doing it for the, for the bone freeze. Pocket money, that's what you bone freeze call it. Always had pocket money. The house was always okay. There was furniture, there was, you know, everything. And you know, when you are young, you don't even think that it takes a special kind of wisdom to do that. Until you get married. And you are earning a salary 10 times that your father earned, maybe 20 times, and you only have one child, Mara, Kadi 25 Look at your neighbor and say, that's a sermon. Look at your neighbor and say, what a word. Look at your neighbor and say, that was meant for you. Yeah. And then you realize, oh, Mara, there's something extra. There's something extra. It's not just about the qualification. There's just something extra these people do that I don't know. In fact, this is what I've seen. When you see somebody do something, 
You know, and they succeed in something, you may easily say, Nami, I can do that. Until you go. And then when you do it, you realize, oh, no, man. We are at 10 steps. Number one, number two, number three, number four, number 10. And then that's what I'm talking about. This is the wisdom that God is talking about. Where you have wisdom, practical wisdom. You know how to make things work. You know how to move things forward. Even when the resources are not there. Or even when the resources are limited. Even when people gang up against you, you still know how to move forward in life. Oh, can I hear an amen? I said, I see God giving you that kind of wisdom. Yeah. That word means to be, here's another bombastic. Are you ready? To be perspicacious. Hey. Hey. It's not me, it's them. To be perspicacious, you must go around telling people I'm sagacious and perspicacious. I'm sagacious and perspicacious. You ladies, you can say I'm, 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 I'm sagacious and perspicacious. Amen. And that word perspicacious means king in observing and understanding or discerning. In other words, you have understanding and discernment. You know how to analyze situations and to do what is proper according to the circumstances. See, this is what the business world has been raving about the last few years that they finally discovered, but it was in the Bible all along. That to make it in business is not just about the business smarts, but it's about EQ, they call it. The emotional quotient. They found out that if you want to be a great leader, Great business person, great entrepreneur, you need to have this, what they call emotional quotient. And, and just to put it in, in brief, it's just the ability to be able to relate to people emotionally and analyze things and connect on an emotional level. Because when people become your client, it's not just about the product. You may be giving a state-of-the-world product, but if you suck in terms of your relationships, they're not coming back to your shop. So, and I had a very interesting discussion this week. They had a professor who specializes in the field of uh, artificial intelligence. And, you know, the big question that has been asked today is that with the advent of, you know, artificial intelligence and robots being equipped to be even more cleverer, will there ever come a time when all the robots replace us as human beings? Because they work better than you, faster than you and I. They don't go on strike. They don't get sick, they're never in a bad mood, they, can, they never get tired, they can work 24-7. So the big question is, will we ever be replaced? And the answer is no. Because as much as the robots are smart, they're not smart enough to be able to relate emotionally. They, they, they don't know. You see, when, when you talk to somebody, and this is where for me, the, the world of social media is, is okay, but it can be so tough in relationships. Because you see, I can say something to you through a text that I could never say if I'm looking at you. And what, and what makes us as human beings so unique is that ability to look at someone and assess who they are not okay, they are afraid, I shouldn't say this now, you know, I should postpone this later. They need to be told and, and to, that we can relate emotionally. 
And this verse is telling us that when you put God's word first, when you meditate in the word, when you speak the word out of your mouth, when you act on the word, God will give you that ability. That as you go out to do whatever you do, you will have insight, understanding, and discernment. This is what made Solomon to be such a great leader. Because when he was fellowshipping with God and worshipping God, and God gave him a vision, and God gives him a, a, a clean checkbook, to fill in the blanks and God says, whatever you want, tell me, I'll give it to you. And Solomon, because of his understanding, he said, you know, all I need from you, God, is wisdom, understanding, and insight. You read it. I, I read it when I pray over my life. In First Kings chapter 3, he starts first by saying, oh God, you have made me a leader of your people in the place of my father David. Then he says, I am just a young, inexperienced leader. I'm paraphrasing. He says, but you have put me, listen to what he says, you have put me in the midst of these mighty people of yours that I need to take from here to there. So he's saying, I'm recognizing the assignment. I'm recognizing the size of the mission. But I'm also aware of my own limitations. Oh, Jesus. He says, therefore, all I'm asking from you, Give me wisdom. Give me understanding. Give me insight. Give me discernment. So that I should be able to judge your people. Oh, I pray that every day. Oh God, give me wisdom. Give me understanding. Give me discernment as I lead Grace Bible Church. I know I've been to Bible school. I know I read books. I know I go to seminars. I know I interact with the greatest of minds. But God, I know Conindo on top of all that. Oh Jesus, that makes it work. Yes, God, I know I have prepared the message. I know I've studied. I know I have done my research. I know I've prayed. I, I know I've done that. But I've got to say it in such a way that it goes into somebody's heart. It can only be by the power of the Holy Spirit. Give me wisdom. And that's what we need today. Wisdom. Understanding. Inside. That's what our political leaders need. Our country is up in flames, Bazalon. Or certain portions of our country are up in flames. We're leading a people who are frustrated. That's what we need as religious leaders. We're leading a people who feel they've been done in. They've been lied to and taken for a ride. Oh God, give us wisdom. To know how to lead. Give us the EQ to know what to do at what time. To know what to postpone, when to do it. To know when to buy a car and not to buy a car. To know when to build a building and not to build a building. God, give us, give us EQ, please, God, we're asking. And this verse says, if you meditate in the word day and night, if you don't let the word depart out of your mouth and you keep speaking it, if you, if you obey God and, and walk in his word, then God says, you know what? You'll deal wisely in the affairs of life. Oh, yeah. Yeah, things will begin to work for you. Yeah, because I will have given you that wisdom. I will have given you that understanding. Can I hear an amen, Bazalot? Can I hear an amen? amen? So it means, number three, that word S-U-N-I-E-M-I, it means to have high intelligence. Number four, it means to have your thinking level elevated to a high class. That's a byproduct 
of putting God first. It also means to be acutely insightful, possessing the ability to mentally put things together. Oh, Jesus. That's what the word of God does in your life. It makes you wise, insightful, penetratingly discerning, and able to put things together to make life work. That's why you prosper. Yeah. Make things in your life work, not get stuck. Things work. So the Amplified Version in the latter part said, therefore, you shall deal wisely and have good success. So you become excellent, Basalana, when you meditate in God's word. You become excellent, number one, in your walk with God. You become excellent, number two, in your dealings with people. Three, in business. Four, in your careers. In all areas of life. Why? Because the Spirit of God, through the Word of God, brings extraordinary keen and sound judgment. Brings mental acuteness, sagacity into your life. Listen what David says in Psalms 119, verse 98. He says, you, through your commandments, make me wiser than my enemies. Oh, Jesus. God's going to make you wiser than your enemies. Those who are trying to put roadblocks in your path, you are going to outsmart them in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Planning about you. Eh? Who go into secret meetings to try and plan your downfall. Because God's going to give you wisdom. Because you put God first. What do I ring? You through your commandments make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. The word of God will make you wiser than your enemies. They, they, they planned and then you just... You know they planned. I remember as a child, I, I never forget this. I don't know who it was. It was one of my sisters. I think it was excluding. I think it was excluding. I, I did something. It was a toy. And I did things in such a way that you couldn't untie it in a certain way. And I really was good. And you won't remember, Chris. And I, and, I, and I took it to my sisters. I took it to Chris to try and undo it. She couldn't undo it. You know, she tried and she couldn't. Then I took it to my elder sister. Hey, which I'm quite You know, even if I had tied Kiyansa Hunter, there was a hole underneath. In that hole, that's the end of the thing. Can you imagine, Can you imagine when I, my. I had prepared for it. This is the way they're going to come. at this door. Next thing That's God doing it for you. That's what we call being sagacious. Oh, I see you doing that in the name of Jesus. I didn't know what to say. <laughs> Psalms 119 verse 99 says, I have more understanding than all my teachers. Why? For your testimonies are my meditation. More understanding. 
more understanding. You see, understanding is, is something that, you know, the Bible says through, through wisdom, a house is built through understanding it's established. See, understanding pushes you into certain levels. Verse 100 says, I understand more than the ancients. Hey. I understand even more than the old ones. Why? Because I keep your precepts. See, if you put God first, even if society has classed you and put you in a certain class, you would still do more, even at that level. Let me give an example. Joseph was one of those people. He put God first. Yeah, he did. Put God first. But then his brothers skimmed and planned against him. And he wound up in prison. I'm just fast forwarding the story. But even in prison, Elizabeth Osho, <laughs> there was still something about Sibosho. Ah, you're not hearing what I'm saying. Genesis 39, verse 2 and 3. It says, The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. The NIV says he prospered. Kisboshua. Kisboshua. Kilipandit, yeah. But he prospered. Yeah. God can push you on regardless of what level you are at. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. He prospered. Note what it says. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him. And that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. See, when God prospers you, it becomes evident. It becomes obvious. Because when we check what is happening through your life, it doesn't match your status. Oh, come on. Now we're talking to people. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really doesn't match where society has placed you. So even our Sheba, we were either a lawyer or a Mudimunalian. Because what, what's happening through your life, we just cannot figure it out. But this master was wise. Look at verse 20. Then Joseph's master, verse 20, took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in the prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy. And gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Oh, wow. And the keeper of the prison, note, committed to Joseph and all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did, it was his doing. So he's still in charge. Imagine, Abazana. See, when God has made you a leader, it doesn't matter who or you will still lead there. I'm telling you. Verse 23, the keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority. He's trusting him. I won't even check. Huh? I won't even give him a Didn't look at anything because the Lord was with Joseph and whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Can you imagine whatever, 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 whatever? You know that whatever in Psalms chapter 1 is the same psalm, eh? Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. 
and in his law does he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither. And whatever, 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 whatever he doeth shall prosper. But that's a byproduct. That's a byproduct. Aristotle and verse 1. What did this man do? This man doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Uh-uh. He doesn't sit in the way of the sinners. He doesn't stand in the way of the scornful. But this person delights themselves in the word of the Lord. And they meditate in the word of God day and night. That's what they do. What is the byproduct? The byproduct is he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. I see you fruitful. I see you fruitful. Bring forth this fruit in this season. His leaf also shall not wither. Let him totally it down. You'll never be down forever. You will stand up in the name of Jesus. His leaf also shall not wither. And whatever. 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 He doeth. Whatever she doeth shall prosper but we're not seeking the prosperity nah nah ours is to delight ourselves in the Lord yeah ours is to refuse to walk in the counsel of the ungodly or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of the scornful mara into what, 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 what delights us? His delight, her delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. That's what God told Joshua. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. But you will meditate in this book day and night, day and night, day and night. See, about one of the Bible, about one of the Bible, about one of the Bible, but I'm telling them, wait long enough, what God is going to do for Bari. Can I hear an amen? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Whatever I do, it shall prosper. And when God prospers us, Basalan, we don't need to apologize for it. The scripture that Dr. Matola quoted in the first service, the blessing of the Lord maketh rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. Yeah. There's no reason for us to apologize and explain ourselves anymore. Yeah. No need. You know, I, I've been to several places of members of our church. And one of my greatest joys is to see how God has been so good to you guys. Hey. Some of the houses. Hey. Lena, I don't live in a house like that. And I'm just happy. Oh, yeah. Because if God's word works, it must work for everybody. We were in one of the houses of one of our members not too long ago, and I discussed this with them. You know, beautiful place. And we were so rejoicing, my wife and I. And I I was teasing him, and I said, Did you ever think you'd live in a place like this in Fuit? Because, you know. But then he said something that was a blessing. He said, you know, when we were young, young people, in, you know, we went to youth movements. He said, at one of the youth camps, we sat down as a group of guys and 
You know, and it's good for you, young people. If I may say, locate yourself among godly young people. Yeah. See, some of you, your problem, Guru, you mix with the wrong crowd. Yeah. You are here, Mary, your heart is with the wrong crowd. Yeah. One of the things that saved us, I'm not talking about Hopulus, next Hopulus, but that kept us is to stay among young people who loved God. Yeah. 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 And the problem with some of you young people is that even if you are in church, you, you have a fascination about things out there. And experience tells us, Barcelona, that the world will, will damage you. It looks glamorous from a distance, but it will ruin you. We, we saw young people who made those choices. Don't think we were not tempted. Let's be put this way. Don't think we didn't have the opportunities. We did. You know, sometimes when you talk to young people about Shabankari, no, the world is different now. Different guy. It's just been packaged differently. There's nothing different about sin. Sin is the same. We were all tempted with drugs, alcohol, sex out of marriage, disobedience. We were all tempted with that. Yeah, smoking, cheating, lying, twepenning. You must put that in your dictionary. Just explain to your neighbor what twepenning means. They don't know. Yeah. And I can tell you, Bazalana, I can tell you, this year, by the grace of God, I'll be celebrating 40 years, Kilim Zalwan. 40 years. Yeah. 1978. So, so I, 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 over these 40 years, I've seen the pattern. Yeah. The pattern is, if you stay in the right atmosphere, and you commit yourself where now, you, you don't need to do it for others. Where God's going to be number one in my life. I'm going to pursue him with everything. Things may not work out at that time. And it doesn't mean you will not go through problems. You will. Satan will hit you with everything. Because that's the nature of Satan. He doesn't want you to live for God. He will hit you with everything. And I just tell him, hit me as hard as you can. Mara, serve God, I will serve God. No maganja. Yeah. And I've seen it. We meet, we meet, we meet with all the young people. Many of them. All of them without fail. All of them. Who've ever put God first, see where they are in life. And besides everything they have, the one most important and the most precious things they have a relationship with God. Yeah. Most of them have good marriages. Many of them are in good health. They're still passionate about God. Yeah. You know, to, to love God and still be passionate about God is the greatest thing you can ever have. It's more than silver and gold. I'd rather have Jesus than silver and gold. That's what they say in those people. Can I hear an amen? Watch this. Caius, an elder that John wrote to by the Spirit of God. This is what he says to Caius. And I believe when John spoke to Gaius, 
Though it was John saying it to this guy, it represents what the Holy Spirit says to any one of us. In third John 2, he says to him, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. God links the two. I wish for you to prosper in all things and to be in health even as your soul prospers. What is the prosperity of the soul? Is what we're talking about? A prosperous soul? Let me read it in other translations. You'll understand it better. The New Living Translation reads, Dear friend, I hope all is well with you and that you are as healthy in your body as you are strong in the spirit. Yeah. We, we start with the spirit first. Yeah. We put God first. We feed our spirits on the word. We meditate on the word. We act on God's word. We put it into practice. And you are healthy spiritually and as a byproduct all around you. I didn't say you won't go through problems. But even when you go through problems, God will carry you. The Weymouth translation reads, my dear friend, I pray that you may in all respects prosper and enjoy good health just as your soul already prospers. Wow. So we may put it this way. To the extent that your soul prospers is to the same extent that you will prosper. What is a prosperous soul? A prosperous soul, someone who reads the word, believes in Jesus, walks by faith, lives for God, speaks the word, acts on the word, puts God first. That's a prosperous soul. Have the joy of the Lord. God is first. Go to church. Worship. When we worship, you stand, raise hands, worship. Give your tithe. Huh? You read God's word, meditate on it. It becomes the light. Thy word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. Whether anybody else does or not. It's a priority in your life. That's a prosperous soul. You know, I didn't know this. After I got saved, 5th of August, 1978, it was a Saturday. That evening, as I went to bed, I noticed something that I wasn't aware of all along. See, because see, I went to church since I was young, six years old, but I never had received Christ as Savior and Lord of my life. In our church, they preached very well. One pastor in particular, Murutin Tuan, an elderly statesman, a father of faith, a real apostle, according to me. A real prophet of God. That man had a presence, Bazalana, on the pulpit. Hayemi. There was a certain mantle on him. He never used to scream and shout like I do. His words had a weight. Like the words of Jesus, speaks with authority. 
This man would preach. And I remember as a nine-year-old boy, I, I got so convicted. I, 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 you know, after preaching, I was like, I don't know but you see because we, we were not fully guided we, we didn't know and, and I know as a young person I just came to the verge of receiving Christ because I didn't know how I, my, my heart was just so open and, uh, and I tell you I, I just I was so close but so far that's why we give a chance for the altar call some of you here who are listening now, those who are streaming wherever you are, we're going to give you a chance to respond and not go home the same way you came. But thank God on the 5th of August 1978, as I heard preaching, at least they gave us a chance to respond and they said, raise your hand if you want to. I raised my hand and they prayed for us. That evening when I went to bed, several things happened. Number one, I was filled with a joy that I couldn't describe. A joy that I've had ever since. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Secondly, I was filled with a sense of peace. Peace like a river. Peace that passes all understanding. But then I knew I had a living relationship with God. I wasn't afraid to die anymore. I knew God was my Lord. I had a confirmation in my spirit that he's my Lord. But then another thing, I noticed that it was like a ton or ten tons of weight had been removed from my shoulders. I didn't know that I was walking around with a heaviness. But you know, there are certain things that you don't know on a lips or on until they are removed from you. I remember as a young man, it only happened once. That night as I slept, like a, like a screen in front of me, all the sermons, I think, maybe my daughter being all of them, but all of the, most of the sermons, I may say, that had been preached, that had to do with Christ as Savior, even in my church, only then did they make sense. The sermons of Burutuaka, Murutintuan, the sermons of Burutimahakab, the sermons of Burutinamanyan, there's someone on Taten who used to teach us at Sunday school. All of a sudden, it made sense. All of a sudden, Bukayaka Tekisimi made sense. All of a sudden, all, all of a sudden, like a screen being played. I understood that. Oh, now I, understand, now I understand. And all of a sudden, God seems to be far away. God seems to be just an idea or an imagination. God was real. All of a sudden, my soul, my spirit was in touch with God. And all of a sudden, I, I just started loving God. And then when I read the Bible, all of a sudden, I understood what it said. It was a practical reality. When I stood to pray and said, our father, he was really my father. That was, that's what we call a prosperous soul. That's what we call a prosperous soul. And soon my life started changing. My behavior started changing. 
all of a sudden the Bible seems to be a close book to me. I started going to Youth Alive Bible studies and as we were studying the Bible, I understood it more and I got involved. And then before I knew where I was, I was hungering more to be filled with the Holy Spirit. In 1979, I got filled with the Holy Spirit, started operating in the power of God. All of a sudden, it was a different quality of life. Not that young man who wanted to take his life. Not that young man at the age of 16 who was morose and depressed. But there was something in my heart, something different. And it's all called a prosperous soul. Oh, that's what God does. You know, sometimes when we speak, people think we're just telling stories. People think we are just making it up. But Jesus is able to change people's lives. He'll change your life if you give him a chance. He will change your life if you will say yes to him today. And if you put that first, all these other things, and right now, I want to give you that opportunity. If you've come here for the first time, it might not even be your first time, but you've never received Christ in your life. You may be in one of our campuses streaming, watching on the screen, right where you are. The Holy Spirit is right there. You want to receive Christ where you are. I want to pray for you right now. Jesus is not a story we tell. It's not just things we talk about. Jesus is real. I'm not calling you into religion. I'm calling you to a relationship with God. A relationship that will change your life forever. Can I ask everybody to bow their heads, please? And close their eyes where they are. Our heads bowed, our eyes closed. God is talking to you right where you are. In your heart, you can tell you want to respond. That's God talking to you. Please listen to your heart and not your head. Today is the appointed day for you. God has an appointment with you to change your life. Transform you. Your heart has been longing for something you can't describe. Your heart has been searching for something that you cannot describe. But as you've been listening to the word, you realize this is what my heart is longing for. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Our heads bowed, our eyes closed. I want to ask you, if you want to ask Jesus to come into your heart and you want God to change your life, I want to pray for you. Would you raise your hand, please, right where you are sitting? If you want to be prayed for, just raise your hand, please. Thank you for those hands. Thank you for those hands all over the place. Jesus. Jesus.